lot of us, we want to get into relationships because Tom, Dick, and Harry are in relationships, and we want what they have. And before you get too deep into all that comparison stuff, I just want you to think about that celebrity couple that you had on your story posting relationship goals three years ago. And I want you to acknowledge the fact that they are divorced today. And what I need you to understand is that you need to stop praying that God gives you what somebody else has because you don't know what they have. Pray that God gives you what he wants to give you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and trust God because God is a provider. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emang Liheke. Um, Episode 135. And it's our Valentine's Day special. Woo! Uh, I guess happy Valentine's Day, you know what I'm saying, to all of the uh, of the couples and, you know, married couples and, you know, people on their way there, you know what I'm saying, should be a really nice time for you, um, you know, happy Valentine's Day to all the single people out there, you know what I'm saying, hold, hold tight, hold the line, um, cool, so yeah, you know what I'm saying, today is a Valentine's Day special episode of Church Boy Confessions, I gave you guys some news during the week and i told you guys that we're going to be reading or really um taking a lot of uh lessons and inspiration from this book called sacred marriage that um i read a portion of it for um a class that i was you know in seminary school and stuff like that and i was amazed by it. i was taken aback by it. it's really giving me a lot to think about i hope you guys have read that book um or like at least the, the sample chapters that were there um and yeah tell me what you guys think about it you know maybe in the comments or you know dm us whatever tell us what you think about it um and if you haven't read it you know i think it'd be great to a great read for um something that it'll be a great read for you that you can get to after this episode um before we get to the episode i am excited for this episode i think it's gonna be very very fruitful before we get to the episode i have a couple announcements monday march 7th at 5 30 p.m pacific time Unassociated is going to do something that it has never done, and I'm very excited. We are going to have a Bible study, guys. Um, we're going to be on Google Meets. It should be Google Meets. Um, if anything changes and, and it goes to Zoom, we'll let you guys know. We'll have more details later, but we are going to be having a Bible study for our community. Um, we're going to be, it's going to be virtual, um, and we really just hope that, you know, we're, we're looking to find new ways to be more of an intimate community and a community that can, of course, be more knowledgeable in the word of God. Um, and yeah, so we'll have more details later. It's going to be virtual. Um, there's probably going to be like a whole like sign up process so we know exactly who's coming and just so we have some type of control over like the environment and stuff like that. So um, March 7th, the first Monday of March at 5 30 p.m pacific time if you are anywhere in the world and it's not super late or you know maybe it's super early um we would love to have you um so yeah that that's that's gonna be amazing you're gonna hear more information leading up to that time um and secondly of course you know if you feel at any time during this episode that you know you would like to sow a seed into this ministry then um we would love we would love 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 to receive a donation from you um this ministry is ran by you know a whole bunch of volunteers that are, you know, here to serve God um, with your seed. We'll be able to do what we're doing at an even higher level. Um, so, yeah, you can donate at www. I'm sorry, www.unnaturalassociated.com slash 
donate. Um, and we would really love that. You know, it would really be an amazing uh, gift. But with all that out the way, ladies and gentlemen, we can get to the topic. What we're all, what we've all been waiting for. Um, I've never talked about romantic relationships on this podcast. Yeah. And there's a reason why I've never talked about romantic relationships on this podcast because I am no relationship guru. And let's get that really straight. All right. You know, I've been in one relationship my entire life. Um, it was a great woman. It lasted for three months, though. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't really have that much experience to pull from. Um, and ultimately, it really came down to like some personal spiritual convictions that I had. And the reason why I don't want to get too much into details because it's not just my business to tell, if you know what I mean. Um, so, quick disclaimer on this entire episode and what's going to be, you know, discussed here today. This is not an episode that's going to give you your relationship goals or your marriage goals. No. Um, but I do think that this episode is going to have things that um, can speak to many people who are in search of that special someone or even some people that believe that they have already they already have that special someone. So um, let's break it down like this. And, and you know, although I haven't had a lot of uh, history and relationships and stuff like that, I think that all of us have had history with wanting to be in a relationship and longing to be in relationships. For me in particular, ever since um, that first relationship that I had, first ever and only relationship that I've had, I have not been very eager um, to get into another one. Now that's starting to change now. I'm getting older. You know what I'm saying? It's getting to that time. You know what I'm saying? Or I just got to, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to need my wife soon, right? But for a long time, you know, after that relationship, I simply was not very interested in getting another relationship. And I wasn't very eager to get in a relationship at all. Um, and that was for multiple reasons, right? Um, the first reason I would say is because I don't, I don't date to date. I date to marry. That is something that, you know, has kind of always been the case for the most part. Um, I, I, I don't waste my time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking for wife qualities in, in the person that I want. And um, I think, I think when, when you have that criteria, it becomes, you become much more selective just right off the bat. Um, another thing, I do not like to lose people that I love. I'm not into the whole falling in love and then, you know, breaking up one day and then that person is still alive, but you just don't talk. Like, I'm, I'm a family. I've, I've been raised around my family my entire time. I'm around people I love my entire time. The only time where people I love leave is when they die. I have my dad in my life. I have my mom in my life. I have my sisters in my life. I'm just not used to people that I love leaving my life. It's not something I like to get into. So getting in and out of relationships is just not something for me. But above all, I think, you know, my eagerness to get in a relationship was quelled because God showed me that the reasons why I wanted to get into a relationship were bad reasons. They were wrong reasons. And that's really where we're going to. That's our launching pad for this episode. And I'll come back and explain my reasons. So but before we get to that, let's talk about romantic relationships. How exactly did it start to begin with? Where do we... You know what I'm saying? Like, where does all this stuff come in? And in order to, you know, answer that question, we have to go to Genesis, obviously, where we see the first ever romantic relationship in Adam and Eve. The marriage, not just romantic relationship, in Adam and Eve. So Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 20, says, But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And just kind of like background. So God creates Adam and then, you know, he has all of the animals that were already created come to Adam and, you know, Adam names all the animals and Adam gets a little depressed because it's like, hey, like, 
there's nobody for me. You know, Mr. Turtle has Mrs. Turtle. Lion has a lion net. Where, where's where's my where's mine at? You know. Um. So verse twenty says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found amongst any any of the creatures of this earth. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Verse 24. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So, verse 24 really seals it, that Adam and Eve were married in the eyes of God. They were the first romantic relationship. They were the first marriage of this earth. God made man, then God made woman, and God made marriage. Marriage is a thing that is defined by God, is a thing that was given to mankind by God. But why? Why did God create marriage? Well, I'm, I believe that the reason why God created marriage actually runs quite parallel to the reason why God created woman. So why did God create woman? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, I think there's two reasons that are highlighted there. God made woman in order because it wasn't good for man to be alone. And God is in the business of making everything good. He created the universe and called it good. He created the creatures. He called it good. He separated the land from the water. He called it good. He made man. Man was great. You know what I'm saying? But there was still something missing. So he makes things that are missing something complete. That is the business of God. That is the nature of God. He makes things complete. He makes things good. I think good is a better word there. And then he also says, I will make a helper suitable for him. The Hebrew word here for helper is, I'm going to butcher this probably, azed. There you go. <laughs> we actually talked about this in uh, seminary school. And, and this same word, azed, is actually used as a scripture of God in other places of the Torah, which is, I believe, the first five books of the Bible. Five, yeah, the first five books of the Bible. And um, throughout the Old Testament, really. That God is a Zed. He's a helper to Israel. They call on him for help. You know, so God created woman in order to help man and make it possible to fulfill a task. And what was the task that God gave mankind? It was to be fruitful and multiply. So that makes sense, right? We understand that. It looks like God's initial purpose for marriage that we see in Genesis specifically was to be the vehicle through which the earth would be populated with people who bear his image, right? Also, I think there's other reasons that we can see here, you know, where marriage, a lot of people say this, and, and I 100% believe it, that marriage is a microcosm of our relationship um, with God as, as a whole, as mankind, right? He kind of gives us like a microcosm, a little model of how it's supposed to be between us and him, a commitment, a covenant, something that is never supposed to break, a relationship that's never supposed to break. But what happened after the fall, you know, was the purpose and the reasonings behind marriage, did they change? Are there more reasonings? I think that there are more reasonings that develop why marriage continued to be a thing after the fall, right? 
And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's important for us to know the reasons why marriage exists um, because I think that it helps us to check the reasons why we want to enter into romantic relationships. Personally, I can speak to God wanting, God showing me that I wanted to be in romantic relationships for the wrong reasons. And the reason why I wanted to be in a romantic relationship ultimately surrounded pride and insecurities. That was that was Emmanuel's story. And, I, and I'll get to the story more, but I wanted to quickly go to this this quotation that I pulled from Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas, page 24. I'm going to read it. It says, if the purpose of marriage is, is simply to make me happy and enjoy an infatuation, which neuroscience suggests lasts a mere 12 to 18 months, then I'd have to get a new marriage every two or three years. But if I really wanted to see God transform me from the inside out, I need to concentrate on changing myself rather than changing my spouse. Now, I, I thought that this was an amazing, amazing um, sample chapters that I saw from here. And ultimately, what we see Gary Thomas doing is he's explaining an outlook um, on marriage that was new to him. And one of the I think one of the biggest things that he said was that marriage is more about holiness than it is about happiness. Because if the purpose of marriage was just to be happy, it was just to in, in, um, enjoy the infatuation that someone is placing upon you. What he's saying is that reality is that, you know, that stuff is only going to last for so long. That honeymoon period, that's what we call it. The honeymoon period where, you know, nothing is actually wrong in the relationship and, you know, what we perceive. Everything's just perfect. We're so infatuated with this person. And he's saying if God created marriage just for that, for the purpose of that, and that then fades, right, after 12 to 18 months, right? Then that means that we are then we are supposed to find a marriage, a new marriage every two, three years. But we know that's not the case. And ultimately, what he says is that marriage is more about making us holy than it is about making us happy. That marriage is a spiritual discipline that makes us more like Christ. That's what Gary Thomas is saying. That marriage is about making us more like Christ. In page 22, there's another quotation. He says, marriage takes a lot of time, but if you want to become more like Jesus, I can't imagine any better thing to do than to get married. Being married forces you to face some character issues you never have to face otherwise. And let me tell you something, you do not have to believe this blindly <laughs> you know what i'm saying i think that anybody who has ever been in a relationship knows exactly what he's talking about here that being married forces you to face some character issues you never have to face otherwise you learn a lot about you in a romantic relationship you learn a lot about you i imagine in marriage because i mean it's the ultimate romantic relationship you know i you of course you're learning a lot about the person that you're in a relationship with but furthermore you're learning a lot about you and i would say that you're learning more about you than you're learning about them when you come together in marriage you're essentially two sinners becoming one you're two sinners coming together for a covenant that's supposed to be eternal and the reality is you are two sinners so guess what in a romantic relationship you're not going to see eye to eye all the time you're not going to understand each other all the time you're going to piss each other off sometimes, and you will be disappointed with each other's behavior at times. And I'm talking about the relationships that are under God. I'm talking about marriage under God. This is the reality of it. 
And I think that for us, for those of us that have been in these romantic relationships, we can attest to the fact that the preservation of a romantic relationship involves humbling. It involves compassion. It involves selflessness. And these happen to be all these qualities that the word of God teaches we should have, doesn't it? So what's interesting to me is we see a correlation here between becoming more like Christ and the preservation of our relationships. Becoming more like Christ has a correlation to the preservation of marriage. It's very important for us to recognize that marriage in and of itself seems to be more of like a maturing machine in which we become more like Christ through the challenges that we endure. Oh my gosh, where have we heard this message before? Technically, you don't have to be in marriage to experience this. We have these trials in our lives, and what do they do? We count them all joy. Why? Because they are what build our faith, and they work with patience. And when we have, we allow patience to have its perfect work, they will be perfect and whole. We will be complete, wanting nothing. That's James one. I think when we don't realize this, this reason, this, this, this reason behind marriage and it making us more like Christ, when we don't realize these reasons, then it leads to trouble because a lot of us, we enter relationships not with the, expe the expectation that there's going to be trials and challenges that make us more like Christ. Instead, we enter relationships with no expectation of challenges, right? We think this is a perfect person. We're not going to have challenges with this person. We enter relationships um, in order to be completely fulfilled by another human being. We enter relationships in order to feel the infatuation of someone. And the moment we realize that we're not going to get any of this stuff no more, many of us dip when we're not supposed to or when that was just kind of premature and immature. Some of us, you know, toxic things come about. Um, and if you're anything like me, you realize that you weren't mature enough to enter a relationship in the first place. What's interesting is that I believe that marriage is a maturing process. I, I agree with Gary Thomas. Um, and I would even go as far to say that you have to be mature in order to even enter that maturing process. And I think a lot of us aren't. Some of us are. And if you are, amen, amen. I'm, I, I, I think I am now, but for a long time I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, until um, I started to realize this stuff. You need to reach a level of maturity before you even enter the maturing process that is marriage. For single people, I pray that God helps you to mature. You know what I'm saying? That, that um, and, and, and that you take your time maturing so then you can get to that, you know, that that marriage process that you're ready to endure and mature through that. And for the people in the relationships, I pray that God help you to mature and become more like Christ through that relationship. <sighs> so I can confess that for the longest time, I had a bad reason for wanting to get into romantic relationships. And that bad reason was surrounded around my surrounded around my pride and my insecurities i wanted to get into a relationship a romantic relationship because of my pride and my insecurities i wanted to indulge in the infatuation 
of another human being. I wanted another human being, an amaz- oh, a, a fine woman, to be infatuated with me. I was an insecure kid growing up. I've explained this many times on the, on this podcast. I was insecure. You know what I'm saying? I was insecure about my looks. I was insecure about my social status. I would compare myself to other people. And in my head, if I can get into a romantic relationship, then I'd be able to have some type of proof that I can then present to the voices in my head telling me that I wasn't good enough or I didn't look nice or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I would have some type of proof to be like, hey, hey, you got to shut up because I have a girlfriend and she's fine and she likes me and she's infatuated with me, you know? And a lot of us do that. You know, we get into the relationships because we want to make that a part of our identity. We want to validate our worth and validate our identity. I got the girl so I can get rid. Well, it was many reasons, but one of the reasons why I wanted the girl for a long time was so I can get rid of insecurities. And for a while, I covered up those insecurities. Right. And I became addicted to the infatuation that I was experiencing so I could cover my insecurities and I can feed my ego. This is like a win-win, right? Ultimately, it's rooted in pride and self-exaltation. I wanted to be exalted. I wanted this person to view me as the best person in the world that they could ever be with. And that fed me, right? I fed my ego. It covered my insecurities. But the thing about covering your insecurities is that it's not the same thing as eradicating your insecurities. And the thing about feeding your ego is that your ego will always be hungry. Right when you think you fill it up, it'll make room. (laughs) Don't worry about that. And best believe after we broke up, those covered insecurities were uncovered. And sometimes you don't got to wait till you break up to, you know, to see the insecurities creeping through the covers again. I can say that I've never matured in a relationship or even in the talking stage of a woman because in the past I just simply wasn't mature enough to even enter the situation. So there are, there are multiple reasons that people have, right, for wanting to enter a relationship. It's not just pride and insecurities. It's lust, right? Some of us, you know, that, that person looks really good to us, right? So it's lust. It's loneliness. That's a big one in our generation today. A lot of people feel very lonely, so they want to get into a romantic relationship. It's boredom. It's, um, you know, you want to feel good like like me. You wanted to get rid of all the things that were weighing you down, like the insecurities. You wanted to feel good, right? Um, you, you, you recover this. You saw other people in relationship, and you said, ooh, I want that, God, right? And then some of us, we were looking for fulfillment, we're looking for fulfillment in another human being. We said, I want to be fulfilled, so I'm going to enter this relationship. I'm going to seek after a romantic relationship. And I'm going to read from page 27, once again from Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. Um, and it says, I believe that much of the dissatisfaction we experience in marriage comes from expecting too much from it. Though marriage is an amazing institution that reflects God's creative genius, when we want to get the larger, the largest portion of our life's fulfillment from our relationship with our spouse, that's asking too much. God didn't design marriage to compete with himself, but to point us to himself. Yes, without a doubt, there should be moments of happiness, meaning, and a general sense of fulfillment. And of course, seeking God together through our marriage is certainly fulfilling in itself. 
but my wife can't be God. And I was created with a spirit that craves God. Anything less than God, and I'll feel an ache. Man. <laughs> oh, man. That one was deep. Um, there's a hole in our hearts, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a God-shaped hole. It cannot be filled by another human being. No, it cannot. And it's when we enter into romantic relationships with the expectation that that human being can fill that hole. I think we are making a grave mistake. Only God can do that. A lot of us, we enter into relationships because of lust. But that's not why we should do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And guess what? The Holy Spirit can give you self-control. Some of us enter relationships because of loneliness. And I really do pray. And I, and I do believe that God will give you that Christian community that will make you to not feel lonely anymore when you pray. You don't have to get into a relationship in order to not feel lonely. There are many platonic friendships there are many churches and communities that you can get into in order to not feel lonely. And I think it's a grave mistake when we try to just get into relationships only because you're lonely. Some of us get into relationships because we're bored. Oh, let me tell you something. If you're bored, don't worry. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We got work. The kingdom got work for you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Hey, matter of fact, look. <laughs> shameless plug guess what an associated i did not plan it an associated is actually accepting volunteer applications to join the team you know you want to be a writer you like to write you can write you like to edit videos look hey we definitely need a video editor um what else do we need we need um if you if you know about anything about fundraising, yeah, we, we could definitely use you. What else do we need? If you know anything about uh uh don't worry, you can go to www.undashassociated.com slash volunteer and we have everything lined out for you. If it's boredom, if it's boredom, right? If that's the issue there, we are looking for men and women of God that are on fire for Christ and that is ready to serve. We, we, we are ready for you. We are accepting applications, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of us, we try to get into relationships because we want to feel good like I did. You know what I'm saying? You want to, and that was one of the reasons. And, you know, you have your insecurities, right? And from personal experience, I would tell you that that is not the way, my friend. You will not be healed that way. You will only delay the... Um, the addressing, right? The confrontation with your insecurities. And a lot of us, we want to get into relationships because Tom, Dick, and Harry are in relationships and we want what they have. And before you get too deep into all that comparison stuff, I just want you to think about that celebrity couple that you had on your story posting relationship goals three years ago. And I want you to acknowledge the fact that they are divorced today. And what I need you to understand is that you need to stop praying that God gives you what somebody else has because you don't know what they have. Pray that God gives you what he wants to give you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and trust God because God is a provider. Fulfillment. A lot of us get into relationships because of fulfillment, but only God can, can fulfill us. Guys, 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 for those of us single people who want to get in a relationship, I hope that before we get in a relationship that you truly know that you are mature enough to get into a relationship. There needs to be a level of maturity that you need in order to have 
um, that you need to have in order to enter into the maturing process that is marriage. Marriage is about Jesus, guys. Marriage is about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. <laughs> you know, I could feel like people rolling their eyes if they just saw that, <laughs> if they just heard me say that. Um, you know, it can bring the happiness and it can bring the blessings and it can also bring real life challenges that make you more like Christ. Um, and I hope that, you know, I think all of us, we have this this list, you know what I'm saying, of things that we want in a significant other, right? We want our husband or we want our wife one day to be someone that, you know, for the guys, you want, you know, the pretty face, you know what I'm saying, you probably the body and then all the, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the personality qualities, whatever, for girls, you know what I'm saying, you want the, um, you know, the same thing like handsome tall all that different stuff i just hope that you know after this episode maybe you're persuaded that there should be something at the top of your list before we get to any of that stuff right i'm not mad at your list well maybe i would probably would be mad at your list if, if i don't qualify for that list but <laughs> i'm not mad at your list right you have your list you have you know your stuff but i just need there to be something at the very top of that list and that's, does this person know Christ? And another one is, is this, do I believe that this is someone that God will use to mature me? Is this someone that I can grow in Christ with? I hope that that's at the top of your list. Ultimately, like, you know, reading um, the portions of sacred marriage that I did, and, you know, learning more about marriage and, and, and seeing its purpose and so on. I, I think ultimately what it's done is that it's made me prioritize maturing before trying to get into a romantic relationship, which I think is more important, um, is very important. And it's also made me very much more patient with this whole thing. And I hope that, you know, that can quell a lot of the eagerness that you guys might be having. Um, and it ultimately helps me focus on maturing. I'm sorry, helps me focus on God more. You know what I'm saying? So um, I hope that that could help. That's the first time I ever talked about <laughs> romantic relationships. But, you know, I, I think that when we focus on that maturing, man, like we will mature, you know, and, and God is going to give us that spouse that, uh, that uh, well, I know everybody said, well, the guy has to find him and oh, the girl has to pray for him. Uh, I, don't, I don't even want to get into that, but I do believe that God plays a role. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, yeah, I believe that that time will come at the appointed time if we just continue to seek God and put him first in everything that we do. So, yeah, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much, so, so much for this episode. Thank you so much for um, your wisdom, Lord. And I, I just pray that for those of us that are super eager to get in a relationship, that we first prioritize you and recognize that this maturing process of marriage, Father God, is something that we ought to mature in order to get into. And for those of us that are in marriage, those of us that are leading up to that, Father God, in our relationships, I just pray, Lord, that you bless those relationships, help those relationships to be founded on you and help your children to grow in you, Father God. Um, and let your name be glorified in all the relationships that we, that we have, whether it be romantic or platonic, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I love you guys. I love you guys. March 7th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time, Monday, we will be at Bible study. I love you guys. I'll see you guys then. Well, I'll see you guys next week and the week after that and probably the week after that and then, and then March 7th. So I <laughs> love you guys. Happy Valentine's Day.